Before we start this show, just a word from our sponsor. 20 by 20 Apparel. Founded in 2015, 20 by 20 Apparel brings original tributes to pro wrestling's classic arenas, moments, and events. They look to spotlight the bloopers, bleeps, and body slams along with the biggest, smallest, strangest, and strongest that pro wrestling has had to offer. Along with their awesome line of pro wrestling apparel, they do offer many services. In the world of wrestling, there are hundreds of shirts, promotions, flyers, social media accounts, and ads. Don't get lost in the sea of parody shirts and display fonts. They can provide professional graphic design services at a reasonable price. 20 by 20 also hand screen prints all the tees in-house. If you would like to discuss possible run of tees, posters, koozies, foam fingers, or whatever, drop them a line. Go to 20 by 20 apparel. That's the number 20 X, the number 20 apparel.com. Now let's get to the show. Fresh is the word. I'm Jim Duggan, got long wood for plenty hoes. I keep it fresher than fresh, but you already know. You suckers bum me, I'm money, I got a ton of flows. My weed loud like a motherfucking thunder roll. Your shit quiet like you ballin' on a budget though. We see your kicks and we laugh and yelling what it goes. You see me shining like a suit on puffy. You know my grind and shit is too strong, buddy. That's why the dude call money. I be stuntin' like it's nothing at all. Cause it's nothing to me, it's probably something to y'all. Trying to smoke like me, then come and fuck with your dog. Got a closet full of kicks, you can't cop it tomorrow. And I'm fresher than the freshest, you can tell it's in my asses. Bitch, you see the way I'm rapping? Yes, I do this shit to death. I tell I'm running out of breath. I tell somebody cut a check. But either way, you know it's fresh. But either way, you know it's fresh. Fresh. We fresh. 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 Welcome to the Fresh of the Word podcast. I am your host, Kelly K. Fresh Frazier. On Fresh of the Word, we like to deliver wisdom through great stories from the minds of bright creatives of pop culture. Through those stories, we like to dissect the journey of our guests and present actionable advice and advice for our listeners, no matter what career or avenue of artistry they pursue. This week's guest is Marnie Kinris. She is an accomplished author, dating coach, media personality, and the ultimate wing girl who guides men and women through the often painful process of meeting, attracting, and connecting their ideal partners through her empowering workshops, one-on-one coaching, and straightforward self-help books, blogs, and podcasts. She's the owner of The Wing Girl Method and also the co-host of the Ask Women podcast with writer and comic Kristen Carney. During our interview, Marnie describes what the Wing Girl Method is and what the Ask Women podcast is about. Standing out among all the other people that give relationship advice, the topics that men most need help with, men in the Me Too era, and how her upbringing molded her into the things that she does with the Wing Girl Method, among many other topics. Before we get into the interview with Marnie, I definitely want to give a shout out to Knox Money, Bang Belushi, and Foul Mouth for the theme music for Fresh of the Word. And I also would like to remind you how you can support the podcast. You can always go to freshofthepodcast.com and just share any links that you see on the website and any of your social media platforms. And you can subscribe to Fresh of the Word pretty much anywhere. You can go to Apple Podcasts, 
Anchor, Stitcher Radio, Mixcloud, Google Play, TuneIn, Spotify, Breaker, CastBox, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Podbean, and Radio Public. Just type in Fresh of the Word and it should come up. And please, 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 please leave a rating and a review, especially in Apple Podcasts, and it will definitely help out the, the podcast as we grow it. And we've got a lot of great ideas for the future coming up in the new year, in 2019. We're almost in 2019. And if you have any questions for me, anything you want, to, want me to answer on the show, you can always email me at djkfresh at gmail.com. Or you can hit me up on Twitter and Instagram at Kelly Omega Fresh and at Facebook at Facebook.com slash KFresh. And you can also follow along on uh, the Fresh is the Word social media at Twitter at FITW Podcast, Instagram at Fresh is the Word Podcast, and at Facebook at Facebook.com slash Fresh is the Podcast. All right, enough of that. Let's get into the interview with Marnie Kinners. I uh, came, you know, came across you... Uh, it was probably about six months or so ago, um, probably in a bit, bit of a sad way because I had, um, I've, I've been like a longtime listener of the Allison Rosen is your new best friend podcast. Oh, awesome. We love Allison Rosen. Yeah. And uh, she was talking about um, the passing of Stevie Ryan and I didn't know who that was. So I did, I uh, did some research and I s- saw her, um, her podcast mentally chill with uh, your uh, co-host for ass women uh yeah kristen carney so i i checked out that podcast and saw that there was the ass women podcast and i was like oh this is really cool like i really like that there's like a a podcast that's about relationship advice you know that's tailored to 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 men from women but it's done in a very very fun way but there's still good information Oh, thank you. I love that there's still good information. No, but thank you. That was uh, good. I'm glad that you found it through the, uh, through those channels, and I'm glad that you think that about our show. Yeah, talk about what um what Wing Girl Method is and what the Ask Women podcast is. Well, the Ask Women podcast is an extension of my company, the Wing Girl Method. I have been a wing girl really all my life, but um, professionally for the past, I guess. 15 years now, which is just absolutely insane. I started when I was three. I'm just joking. Um, I was trying not to age myself. But (laughs) basically, I started off my company because I was at a singles mixer at a rabbi's house and nobody was interacting with each other. Like, not for religious purposes. People were on separate sides of the rooms. They weren't talking. That sounds like I'm, the beginning of a joke, though, man. Like I know, seriously. It's like two rabbis and a something walk into a bar. But I, I, I just didn't understand why nobody was talking to each other. And I had actually met my now husband a month earlier. So I was like, eh, I'm not really interested in anybody, but I'm here. I'm with my friend. And so I just started going up to guys and talking to them a little bit and Then I would pull them over to women and facilitate a conversation with them and the women that they were interested in. And I learned something really valid and important that night. And I, because I didn't realize how difficult it was for men to approach and me helping them out really helped them have better conversations with women. And so at the end of that night, um, you know, after a lot of people were introduced and they were having fun and there were dates being made and I felt, you know, really good about myself, I said to my roommate, I didn't want to 
do what I was doing at that time anymore. I was working in PR and I, I hated it. Um, but I wanted to be a wing girl. And he's like, I don't even know what that is, <laughs> but it sucks. It's horrible. You made like some crass joke. And he's like, nobody is ever going to want that service. And I was like, I think they will. So right. I went into my room at like 1.30. I posted an ad on Craigslist. And the next day I had over 70 guys writing to me who were interested in finding out what a wing girl was and getting assistance from women on how to attract women. And so from there, I just started and it's, it's transformed. And so now the wing girl method or the wing girl service is really just having a female an honest and ego free female perspective on what women want. I'm not the typical woman who gives advice, like buy her flowers or compliment her. Oh my God, looks don't matter. I don't give that BS advice. I give real solid advice based on what's in my mind, based on the over 5,000 women that I've interviewed, what's on in their minds. And then now through a collection of research from other dating experts, from male coaches, from psychologists, from basically just the world around me. Um, that that's where most of my information comes from. And I, I think, I believe based on the responses from others, I've developed a really solid method and system, uh, to create attraction, whether guys are single or they're in a relationship. How, how did you, how were you able to sort of stand out and make sure that you were like, saying I'm different than all these other sort of services or advice where it's just like, they're almost given like a uh, fake motivation or whatever the, you know, buy like you were saying, buying flowers, you know, just be yourself where they're given advice, but not really given advice. Like how were you able to stand out from all of that? I mean, in the beginning I had a vagina. That was my difference. You know, <laughs> there was lots of guys who were doing this stuff. There was a whole pickup artist community, which I believe still exists, but it's kind of been debunked now. Um, right. But it, it was, it was just starting at that time. And I was the first female run company to kind of be invited into that circle. Um, there was no other women run companies. There were women who were involved with other companies, but I was the first one who owned my own company and they were like, Oh, this girl's legit. And I spoke at a uh, David D'Angelo seminar. He invited me to be one of the speakers on his panels. Um, and he's the one who kind of gave me the pat on the back saying like, yeah, she's got legit information. She's not giving the typical BS advice that women usually give. So that, that was really helpful. Um, having that stamp of approval from him. And then from there, after people saw that, they would just reach out to me for advice. Other experts would contact me to interview me. So I, I, you know, I got my name and my voice out there. And then I was still learning at that time. I was still in the beginning stages of my, of my own relationship and of, of my own stages of attraction. So I continue to learn. I continue to be curious. And the new things that I learned and the new things that I was curious about that I was starting to figure out, I was speaking about them openly and really honestly and I, I think that that's something that people really like in my podcast as well. Um, you were just on our show and you've been listening to our show. And I think you, hopefully you can tell that my whole goal is not to, you know, just put up my, my, my best face <laughs> and show people what I wish I was, right. but I'm, I always try to, even if it doesn't make me sound good, um, I try to say the the honest truth because I think that's beneficial for other people. If you keep hiding stuff and pretending everything's perfect and, you know, oh, it's so easy, then everybody else is going to get really depressed <laughs> when they can't master the same thing on their own. Um, so, yeah, so 
I've, I've always stayed true to my word and people have just really responded. Yeah. You've all, from, you know, the time I've listened to, uh, to your podcast, you've always come off as, you know, keeping it real. Like we're, you know, there's sometimes when you and Kristen will talk about things and it's not like necessarily you're putting, like you said, your fresh face forward, you know? <laughs> so you, yeah. you, you do, you do keep it real. I try to, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> um, when it comes to like me doing my own, uh, my own show, a part of it really is along with, um, you know, interviewing people, passing along good information, good lessons is to like, definitely, you know, figure out my own shit in my life. That curiosity that you just mentioned, how much of doing this podcast, your podcast and having your own company is still about your own curiosity and sort of figuring out your own shit. Mm, good question. Okay. So I, I will say that I am at a different stage than most of my customers, although people are now getting into the stage where I'm at. So I'm married. I have two kids now. It's a totally different stage right. and I'm curious about other things now um so the stuff that i'm talking about i i still find interesting to hear different perspectives and new twists on it like the me too movement has 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 totally you know shifted things and and the new millennials and the way that people interact over dating apps like i still kind of find that fascinating although i'm not in it right. as much as i was before and that's why i i do these podcasts is really so that i can stay in the know and understand but i to be honest my, my curiosity is now in other areas. Not that I've like solved this issue of attraction, but um, there's different things that are, are affecting my life, which does have an impact on the information that I still give to people who are trying to figure out attraction. So my curiosity is, is still there, but it's, it's in the realm of relationships and, you know, for people who are, I I'm in my mid thirties. So people who are in their mid thirties and forties who are in different stages of their life and how that has an impact on your dating life. So yeah, I mean, it, it, the curiosity is still there. It's just tweaked a bit. What are the topics that men most need help with? Oh, definitely um, the friend zone about <laughs> like overall what, what they, what a lot of these guys that I work with need to do is just respect themselves first. And they forget that and they don't know how to do that. And sometimes they think that they're doing that. Um, so, and this is across the board for people in general. I work with women as well. And they get so fixated on getting this person that they forget like that they're a person as well and they they drive themselves absolutely insane and crazy and kind of disrespect themselves um so that that's the biggest thing that i'm seeing and it, you know that comes across in many different areas so it's whether it's conversation with women it's uh allowing women to walk all over you it's falling into the friend zone being too nice to to women um not approaching because of x y and z uh, so that's the biggest challenge that i see for a lot of guys yeah, definitely. Because I've, uh, over the past year, I feel like I've become a better person because I started going to therapy and I started respecting myself a lot more. I've oh, got awesome. much more confidence. Um, so I feel like I'm, you know, ready to like get back to dating again because like, 
I had like gotten so many different really bad relationships and the last one was the worst that I was just like, you know what? I need to just walk away from it all and figure yeah. shit out. Give me some time and then figure it out. And I feel like I'm oh, in God. a better place now where I don't feel like I'm going to make the mistakes that I made in the past. I mean, that's the smartest move ever. That's amazing that you did that. Most people wouldn't have the strength to do that for themselves. They just continue to drill into a negative spiral. So that's amazing. And that's, that is the best thing to do. If it is getting you too frustrated, too hurt, and you're seeing yourself as like this common thread, then yeah, remove yourself for a bit, work on yourself. I love that you went to therapy and figure something out and then get back into it when you're ready. How, how receptive are people in general to the things that you're talking about? I mean, the guys who come to me, who work with me, they don't really argue with me um, about the things. They may not put everything to practice immediately because it's, you know, it's still foreign to them and scary and uncomfortable, but nobody ever debates or negates what I'm saying. And in fact, when they do do what I say, then they're like, oh, I should have listened to you sooner or I should have done it. Like even so, so a lot of guys will write to me and say, there's this girl and like, I just can't seem to get her out. And, you know, we hang out and we have a really good time with each other. Then I keep asking her out and blah, blah, blah. And I text her every, like, it's, it's basically the, the same common story. They're chasing, 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 chasing. The woman's giving a little bit of something. And then typically I, I advise, you know what? Stop chasing and pull your emotions back from it and let her come after you a bit. Don't be rude. Don't be an a-hole. Don't, you know, get mad at her for not wanting to pounce on you the way that you're pouncing on her, but just respect yourself first and just pull back a little bit and see what happens. And when she does write to you, don't pounce back on her. Um, just, you know, give her simple answers that show that you can be respectful. Anyway, I'm giving all the advice, but and it works every single time. But so many people fight me on it because they don't want to lose that attraction. They're like, well, if I don't contact her, then she's not going to think about me. <laughs> and I always say, but what they're thinking about you is that you're freaking annoying and that you're there all the time. So change what she's thinking about you and she'll contact you. And so every single time that they do it and they finally let go and pull back a bit, it, it alters her perception of them. You being in this role as a wing girl, how do you feel like what you're doing sort of in your, in your, in your own way helps to sort of overall just relationship that, you know, men and women have in like sort of the outlook that maybe one day, you know, what are you helping towards where women could maybe have a different outlook towards what men are doing in the future? Mm, I don't really know how to answer that. Um, I feel, I hope what I'm doing is, you know, shining a light or putting a microscope up, scope up to the other side to understand that, you know, nobody's crappy and doesn't like not everybody has malintent and that people are actually good and they do things because they're triggered, they're feared, they're a little nervous, they're scared, it's uncomfortable. Um, uh, I, that that's what I'm hoping that people are getting that they get to see the other side's perspective. I don't know. I'm a big person on fairness. I, I'm Canadian. Maybe that's why that's what <laughs> I believe in is just like always both sides. Like I watch all these po political shows. Or I was watching the view the other day and I would never be able to be on one of those panels because I'm so in the gray zone all the time. I can see the, I can see one side. I can see the other side. I can yeah. see where everybody's coming from. 
Uh, like even if, this is horrible, but even if you like talk to me about like a murderer, like I'm still going to look to the fact that maybe they had a messed up childhood and that like, there's always something that I can see a per on each side. And so that's what I'm hoping to pass on to other individuals is that it's not just like, I hate this person and I'm angry at them. And why is she telling me that she does want to go out with them and then she flakes on me? Like I, I wanted, I wanted just, you know, be, them to be able to see that other side as well. And then also, you know, put a spotlight up to them about what they're doing. That's kind of causing this behavior to happen. Yeah. I'm very much that same way where I'll see the little bit of both sides and I'm like, I don't know, like you can, I don't know, there's a reason why that might have happened or anything. So yeah, yeah. I can never, <laughs> I can never be on those, those shows either. Yeah. They'd be like, oh, screw you. You don't have a, a strong enough opinion. We don't want you on these shows. That's why we do podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> right. A lot of times when I'll see something, I'll see certain things on social media where various women will, will say things where like, um, we're not here to fix men or something, you know, adjacent to that. What, what does the, the, what does comments like that compared to like what you're doing? I think it angers a lot of men, to be honest, to always hear that they need to be fixed. It depends on uh, what context is being said in. Right. So I, 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 okay. So I, I kind of say the same thing to guys when I have my newsletters and when I say my videos, I'm like, listen, I'm working on you now. Women have their own shit to take care of, and but I'm not talking to them right now. I'm talking to you and how you can handle yourself. So I feel like you know women are kind of saying that in the same way. It's I, I, I've got enough to take care of in myself. I can't take care of you as well, and I can't fix you, but I can fix myself. That that's what I hear in that statement. When we're going through these these movements now, like the Me Too movement, Times Up, all these uh, all these. Oh my God, what's Times Up? I'm so like not in the know. What is it? Oh, Time's Up was something I think that was more part, was also part of like the inner, like the entertainment industry. Um, oh, right. When they were calling people out. Yes, yes, yeah, yes. Yeah, when they're calling up. Yeah, stuff like, yeah. When you have movements like that um, going on, how do you, what, what do you feel like the men's role in all of that is to sort of check like their fellow men basically in regards to, you know, what you're doing also with giving advice to, uh, to men, to how to interact with women. Well, so a lot of guys wrote to me during that period. I mean, it's still happening now, but during that period of time where it was like really in the media, a lot of very heavy and they just said like, what can I do? Um, and then my husband had a really good reaction and I, I think it comes back down to curiosity again. Right. <laughs> um, so my husband and I were talking about it. And he was saying, well, I've never done anything like that. I'm like, from your point of view, but maybe you did. You have, cause you have no idea what somebody else is sensitive to you. Things that aren't acceptable now were acceptable 10 years ago. And maybe you did say something that a woman was like, oh, well that's totally inappropriate, but I'm gonna laugh along or else I'll get fired. And again, that's for a woman to speak out even though it was much more difficult in the past. Anyway he had a really good reaction because he, he wrote an email to all of his female employees and just, just said like, I'm, um, I'm totally open. If, if I do, or we do anything that is inappropriate or makes you uncomfortable and you just, you know, haven't been able to speak up and ask, he worded it much better than that. Right. Um, let me know. And I, I even think just like something like that being put out to women that I'm open to hearing and I'm sensitive to the fact that this could be bothering you. That's more than enough 
for us. Because, like, the guys that I work with are not the ones who are assaulting and raping and pushing themselves onto women. They're actually, like, the awesome guys that, if anything, now are staying away from women because they don't want women to think that about them. So now they won't even touch them or look at them, which is a negative thing as well that I'm trying to work on. Those yeah, those type of feelings when when men don't want to even interact these days because of these movements, like what do what do men need to know to sort of ease their feelings about that? Okay, so I have this quote up in my kids' playroom. I think it's from John James Wooden or John Wooden, and it it says, "Don't let what you can't do stop you from what you can do." And so it frustrates me when men just say, oh, okay, now I'm not going to approach anybody. Like they, that they just take, it's kind of like the easy choice. Okay, well, right. I, I'm not allowed to do X, Y, and Z. Okay, then I'm not going to even do anything like, at, at all, as opposed to finding a middle ground that can work or finding other ways that they can express something. So I, I forget what the question was, but basically I, I'm, I'm trying to say that like, it really just bites you in the ass. If you're like, oh, well now the Me Too movement's happening and I know one woman who got really upset about me talking to her at work, now I'm not gonna talk to any woman. I just think that's a quitter's mentality and that you can go up to that woman and just say, listen, like, I just, I wanna understand. I wanna understand what I did so that I don't do it in the future. Like, I'd love to hear your point of view or where you're coming from. I'm sorry that anything that I put out there was taken in a different way. Um, but moving forward, I want to know what I can do to be better. Like just even having that conversation with women is, is like a breath of fresh air. Right. We've always been taught to kind of be silent, right? Like your opinion doesn't matter or you're just a little girl. And, you know, even in these times as well, that, that attitude still is put on to women. So when somebody does want to actually hear what we have to say, it, it's liberating. We don't have to fight for it anymore. We don't have to fight to get you to listen to us. A man actually wants to hear our perspective and is willing to, to take it in. Um, and that, that can, you know, break down that wall on its own, which I think is wonderful. Do you feel like these men who do say things like that, like, how do I talk to women in this, in this, during this movement, are they just looking for a way, like an excuse to like be a failure at uh, dating relationships? No, I think they're actually really baffled. They don't have certain tools yet or they don't have um, the know-how to be curious. They, you know, maybe they grew up in families where you, if you ask for clarification, you kind of got hit or beat up or lectured at or ignored. So again, like some people just don't know. They just don't know. I don't think they're, I think that in my mind, it's a quitter's mentality because you just sort of give up and don't search for more answers. But saying those things out loud is a, is a true feeling for how that person feels. But, you know, it's what they do with that after that. What discussions need to still be had in regards to relationships and sex, whether it is in the professional realm or in just the personal realm these days? I mean, just discussions like this, like just even just hearing the other side, same thing, you know, when you have like peace talks in the Middle East, I'm, I'm guessing this is what happens. Somebody says their opinion, they listen to the other side's opinion. And it's, it's really just hearing things. Okay, well, you know what? When you said that comment about my boobs the other day, that maybe <laughs> you thought wasn't so, was like super funny, but not that big a deal. That made me super uncomfortable that you were thinking about my boobs or talking about my boobs to other people. 
I'm saying that because that happened to me when I was working at podcast one and like the owner of the company was showing off the studio and I had just had a baby and he's, he, he like commented on my gorgeous boobs. And to be honest, I like my boobs. So I'm, I'm usually fine with those comments, but it made me uncomfortable for that split second where I was just like, that's so inappropriate, but whatever, you're an old dude and you don't know better. So I didn't say anything. And like, why would I want to say something? But just even if somebody acknowledging afterwards, like, oh my God, I can't believe I just said that. That's awful. <laughs> it would it would completely deflate it after. But if, if you're not aware that that makes people uncomfortable or that maybe it's not the best thing to say in front of a big group of people and nobody seems to let you know in any way, um, then how are you ever going to know if you don't have a conversation about it? Wait, definitely. Let's uh, let's rewind a little bit, and I w- want to you know know more about you. Uh, what what kind of kid were you? You said you uh, you're, you're from Canada. I am. Yes. Yeah, where'd you uh, Where'd you come from in Canada? Toronto. All right, I love Toronto. I've been to Toronto oh, so many times in my life. Uh, ever since I was a little kid, we used to uh, take family trips out there to see uh, Toronto Blue Jays versus Tigers games. Um, so I've been going to Toronto all my huh. life. Oh, awesome. Okay, cool. Yeah, what kind of a kid were you growing up? Um, I don't know. I have like a skewed, skewed vision of myself. Um, I was in my head a lot. I was uncomfortable. Um, always thinking about my actions and what I was doing and how people were taking me in. And I, I kind of was like a little anxious most of the time. Um, I had friends definitely and then I would lose friends and I would gain friends and I would lose friends um but most often I I saw myself as somebody who you know was sort of not really letting her true self out and was constantly monitoring my behavior to make sure that it seemed cool by others and I'm sure that's every single person's description of their childhood (laughs) but 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 that's that's how I saw myself and then I never saw myself I always saw myself as like the, the, the third choice or like the odd man out or people would include me, yeah. but they didn't, but I wasn't like the first choice. And that was usually because I was kind of holding back on myself and I saw everybody else as being more comfortable mm. than me. It's very uncomfortable. Yeah. That sounds a lot like my, uh, my childhood and yeah. teenage years. Yeah. <laughs> Like, and you realize that afterwards you're like oh my god everybody was feeling that way okay yeah everybody was yeah but like yours is really specific about feeling that sort of you're always like never that first choice maybe that yeah. second or third choice yeah. yeah that's how I always kind of felt like going through like high school and everything how uh how did your time you know going through your childhood like that and just you know being from Toronto sort of mold the person that you are and can, how does that contribute to everything that you do with the wing girl method? Well, a lot of what I teach is, is like based in the fact that people feel the same way that I was just describing that I was feeling when I was younger. Um, and that I was able to get out of that. So I, so I understand the not speaking your mind. I understand not going after what you want. I understand not 
you know, letting your true personality shine and having your body language show discomfort. Um, so I, I, I think that's something, the fact that I can, I'm not just like this, like even a gorgeous model would have, you know, some insecurities as well, mm-hmm. but I can really relate to my, to the people that I work with because I've been there and I used to hate women. I used to be so uncomfortable around women. I used to not know how to get their attention, how to kind of make them attracted to me, even, you know, when it was for a friendship level. Um, and some of that still exists in me, but I, I learned actually to make and maintain female friendships through my coaching. Um, my coaching in the beginning really helped me become more comfortable with me. I had already started the process on my own, but I, I, you know, that's kind of what I was saying before. Like, I think a lot of coaches have the issue that they're coaching on and that's, (laughs) that's why they continue to have that passion and to help those people who are going through what they're going through because they've been through it themselves. That's interesting that you brought up that you were having issues, uh, having female friends, women's that were friends with you. How, when did you sort of like notice that you were having this sort of hatred for other women and you know, what did, what, what, what sparked in your mind to change that? I don't know if it sparked in my mind to change that. I just, I just think I understood myself a little bit better and I could see others differently. And, you know, I, I kind of craved it a little bit. I was always friends with guys. I was okay. For a long time, I was friends with girls and I had, as most girls do, had just like really bad bullying situations, uh, with girls when I was younger. And then I just stopped trusting women. And so I understand where my clients come from when they're like, ah, I tried everything and now I hate <laughs> women. Like I get it. I get, I get that place to protect yourself. Um, and then I, you know, I always continued and I, I, I would have female friends, but I would always, sort of switch them up when things got a little bit too close or too serious and, you know, go be friends with somebody else. And, and I just think that like, you know, growing up and learning more about yourself and understanding who you are and pushing yourself to always keep going. And, uh, that, that, that's what changed things. And then having children as well, made me appreciate women on a whole new level for sure. How important is it to have, healthy as a woman to have healthy relationships with other women. I think it's really important. I mean, again, people who are kind of like you going through the same things as you, I think that's more important. I don't know if I, if I put like a, a gender on it, but, um, I just think it's important. So yeah, it's, it's very important. Before, yeah, before we get out of this interview, there's um, I, there's a couple questions I usually like to ask people. If um, if there's so, like a nugget of knowledge from your life or career that anybody listening to this doesn't matter what their interests are could sort of extract from this conversation and apply it to their own life, what would that be? Well, I am reading this book right now called the Five Minute Relationship Repair. Um, because I'm curious about mending relationships once you're deep into them and how to keep things fresh and alive. Um, and it's relationships just in general, not just you and your significant other. Um, but the, the book is talking all about triggers and how all of us are like really just ticking time bombs, um, 
walking around and we don't know other people's triggers, right? People don't know our triggers because it's something that happened in our childhood. We don't know their triggers, but that so many people are, are, are constantly triggered and their behavior is an indication of a trigger of theirs. So some people, um, you know, there's three Fs. There's fight, flight, or uh, fight, flight, or I totally forget what it is. But people people just react differently to things. And I, I, you know, we've talked about it a lot during this call, but I think it's just essential to sort of look outside of yourself and try to see that there's another side and then be curious about that other side. And then if you're comfortable enough, talk about that other side. And that that's how you can resolve most issues. Most people are not bad. Most people are not trying to hurt you. They're just reacting the way that they react. And so whether it's women you're dating or a coworker at work or a friend of yours, the best way to resolve anything is just to open up your mouth, be curious and talk. Yeah. The, the whole, most people are not bad thing is something that my therapist had to say a bunch of times to me to get me past some, uh, some major obstacles in my life. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. I still hate people, but <laughs> I don't, I just don't think that they're bad. They're just not my people. That's all that it is. <laughs> nice to, uh, yeah, to close out this, uh, this interview for the podcast, uh, there is a, a question that I always end with, and I did send it to you ahead of time. Who is somebody that has been a part of your life or career that I could realistically interview for this uh, podcast that would have some good stories or lessons to talk about? Um, my friend Jay Larson is who I kind of thought about. He likes doing podcasts. Um, he is a comedian. He has his own podcast. I think he'd be somebody fantastic to interview. He's a great storyteller. Uh, before we get out of here, where can people go online to get more information about everything that you do? Okay. We're going to winggirlmethod.com or going and watch, uh, listening to the Ask Women podcast. It's available anywhere that podcasts are available. All right, great. It's been great talking with you. Uh, you like too. I said, like I said, I've been a, a you know a fan of the podcast for a long time, and I continue to listen to it, and it's it's really great to listen to. So that was my interview with Marnie Kinras of the Ask Women podcast and the Wing Girl Method. Links to where you can find out more information about. Marnie Kinris are also in the show notes for this episode at freshesthepodcast.com. So, all right, that's another show in the books. Thank you for listening. Goodbye and good night. Fresh is the word.